0: Well, Welcome to episode 21 of the Coverage Telegraph podcast, While We Sing Together. Today I'm joined by Sky Blues FA Cup legend Dave Bennett for a special tribute to Cyril Regis, who sadly died suddenly uh, this week on Sunday, aged just 59. Dave, um, I know you're incredibly uh, close to uh, Cyril and his family, but um, when, when did you hear the sad news?
1: Uh, I heard on uh, Monday morning, about quarter past six, and you know... Uh, Sometimes you, when you go to bed at night you have your phone on and sometimes you have it on silent for some unknown, unknown reason. I had my phone on, it was on call, you know, it went on silence and I got this call and I didn't uh, recognise the, the number so I thought there was something wrong, someone ringing you at that time in the morning. So I answered it and it was his uh, brother, Dave Regis, and, uh, and I says, hello, you all right? And uh, he's gone. I says, what do you mean he's gone? The big man's gone. I says, what are you talking about? Uh, Cyril. I says, nah, what are you talking about? And I just couldn't believe what he was telling me. Mm. Even then he, he, you know, he brought the news to me that he had a, a heart attack. And uh, he's gone, And I right, just couldn't believe it. And he says, you know, I've got to tell you, tell you this. And so I'll tell you first because you're, you know, close friends to him and want you to tell everybody else before the news broke. Mm. So he um, comes to me and a bit for shocks to me, and uh, uh, obviously. But for the next hour and a half, I'm ringing all the 87 boys at uh, half past six, twenty-five to seven. I wrote Mickey Jane because I knew he was on the post and he'd be up. So I told Mickey, Mickey couldn't believe it. Yeah, he had to, you know, I think he was inside, he had to come outside, he couldn't believe what was. Was telling him, you know, a lot of them use some explosive words to me because they thought just couldn't believe it. Mm. You know, the people saying, yeah. uh, so I had to tell him, and then I was ringing other uh, 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 of the '87 squad, and some some of them obviously weren't awake till seven, half past seven, and they've seen all the missed calls that have uh, been on the on the phone to him, and they all rang me back. Some of them rang me back, and I kept ringing everybody mm. and told them all. Uh, and I was quite calm about it, because obviously passing on the news, Mm -hmm. which was very hard for me to do. must have been really difficult. It was difficult, and then, um, which I wanted them to know before it broke on the the news, Mm. on the TV. And then when I phoned his wife, uh, I phoned his wife to see, as you do how everything is, and that's when it really hit, because she was... You know, hysterical mm. and broke down and, uh, and that's when it was really hard then mm. to talk to people because mm. I realised uh, it was the truth and well he'd gone and what a great man he was how great friend he was to me
0: mm. I mean when I spoke to you on Monday um, it, you know it's still raw now but it obviously it particularly was um, Monday morning when I spoke to you mid-morning um, and you, you described him as being like a big brother. I mean, what what was your relationship with with Cyril?
1: Very close because we talked about everything, and uh, from we went from the time he come to me, or we met up at Coventry City, we hit it off straight away, uh, and uh, we roomed together. Uh, he started me uh, about his family. We talked about everything. We liked the same interests. Uh, the only thing he he, he didn't agree with the, it, was the gambling and uh, things like that. You never, you will never see him have a bet or anything like that. He never agreed with that. Uh, but, he, you know, we, we like the same music and a, a little drink, and we'll talk about families. We had the same upbringing, more or less. So, we had a, a lot in common. And then, obviously, playing football together, we started to socialize together. And we, our relationship formed the understanding bond. I have a lasting bond, really.
0: And the outpouring of of love and tributes to Cyril has been incredible. I mean, you know, you know the, the likes of Alan Shearer, Gareth Bale, the Prince William, Jeremy Corbyn you know politicians um, and he, his his name was lit up in uh, Wembley Stadium. i um, just been incredible, hasn't it? You know, I and mean, he was he was he was in the news. You know, he was on the main news was on the on the main ten o'clock news and six o'clock news. It's incredible, really, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's it's, it's just tribute to the man. I've, I've said uh, afterwards, he will get all his accolades that he deserves. And Seals is quite a modest man. He won't like all his fuss. Right? What he'll like. He'll all just say, yeah, and just try and take it in his stride, and just put it behind the back of his man and say, fair enough, you know. But he would be modest about it, and mm. we. We'll, me and him would crack a joke about it now and then and tease each other about it and then he'll tease me about it, but uh, it's just what he deserves, he carried himself well. We always had a little big crack about the fashion, he liked to look smart and we'll bounce off each other with what we're wearing or whatever, where you get that from, where you get this from, and he always we always had this thing that, that from early age where he says uh, if you look smart, you play smart, so you have a Pride in your appearance. If you have pride in your appearance, mm. you'll always have pride in how you played. So it was a little thing that we we were brought up on, yeah. you know. So we he, we always had a little dig about little things and and all that. But how he carried himself with a little bit of dignity everywhere he did. He always had time for everyone. He never turned anyone down for an autograph. He'll always speak to to anyone. And uh, if I spoke to some of the young players that, that he was looking after. If I spoke to him and had a word with him, if they said a word to me or or asked me about something, I can guarantee it. When they spoke to Cyril, the the next day or the, the next week, he would probably say the same thing I said. So we always spoke of the same image cheat on foot, which was amazing to be honest, because I, I wouldn't say the same things, and he'll probably uh, talk to me about him because he'll have a, always ask me how he's playing mm-hmm. or how he did. So we we'll go and look at it, but. Um, He's been like that from uh, uh, from early on. He never lost his temper. Uh, I think I think the only time I ever seen him lose his temper was when we played against uh, Oxford and they had two big centre halves and uh, were kicking hell out of me, you know. So uh, I, at the time we because we we speak a little bit of Patois, I used to tell Cyril, "Cyril, this guy's having a little bit of a, you know, you have to sort him out." And that's the only time I've seen Cyril like, you know. <laughs> push his chest out and say listen (laughs) (laughs) so uh, but I heard Centre Alves always say don't get Cyril mad don't upset Cyril don't upset Cyril because you know they want a nice game because Cyril was aggressive fella but he was aggressive in the right way Mm. he never wanted to hurt anybody great sportsman wasn't he yeah and the the, the least they wanted was like them days the the elbows were flying around and you know the big chest will come out and and he'll look after you and mm. he'll you, you'll know that you was in a game they always knew they were in a game with Cyril so they always used to say don't upset Cyril don't upset Cyril <laughs> and uh, and like when he went on we played together uh, which was one of the greatest uh, strokes with uh, John Sillitt. Also, I know I wanted to play some of the four and along Cyril because uh, we got on well we socialized well and we we, we we knew each other very, very well, uh, and looked out for each other, and one of the greatest strokes ever where we played for uh, Coventry City up front, and the rest is history. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And we'll talk a little bit more about his football career a little bit later, but but for the time being, I I just want to focus on, um, uh, you know, he was, he was a great player, but perhaps his biggest legacy will, will be um, as a pioneer for black, black players, you know, the sort of, um, you know, but how big a part do you think that he and the likes of Laurie Cunningham and Brendan Batson and the you know the the West Brom's three degrees, um, how big a impact did they have and, and how did that impact on your career as a as a young black player at Manchester City?
1: It's massive impact. Uh, in more ways than one with me being at Manchester City at the time, you you you, you the impact was for me was that I had to try and make it. I had to worry about my career. He says that I had to make it because I, obviously I was getting kicked. I was getting a lot of abuse, and uh, at the time uh, I didn't have to be good. I had to be excellent because it was very difficult to break into a first division side at the time. And to know that there's a, other players playing in the first division obviously give you you know the impetus that you want to be like them. Mm-hmm. And so there was not many black. Superstars around at the time, you got the Cassius Clays and uh, maybe your Don Quarries, and you know, you could probably count them on one hand. So it was a uh, difficult in that in that aspect. But to know that you had fellow players playing West Brom you think, Yes, I can get reach that height. So, um, to move on from there uh, uh, with. The impact they had was absolutely massive because uh, they went to play for England, and we we know with Lloyd Cunningham playing for England and then moving from there to Real Madrid, you 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 look at that and you think, can you do that? Can mm. you emulate that? And can do you want to play for England? And so it moves on from there, and so he had a massive, massive uh, influence. And so in, like we we talk in terms of that, uh, as I say what we were playing then as black players were playing we were playing down entries now we've opened opened it wide up to motorways that's Mm. how many black players are playing football now and you have to say it's down to uh, the three of them I like to think that I was involved and they you know uh, I influenced a lot of players were playing in the cup final at an early age and players looked up to you and say, I like to do what he's doing Mm. so I like to say that um had an impact on it, but not as much as Cyril and, and them. But because uh, it was hard, and um, very hard, and, and since then he's carried on to do a lot uh, uh, for black players. and the way he carries himself, the way he speaks about it, mm-hmm. his ways he fights against racism, uh, how he talks about it, that. It was goes on in the game, and that a lot of people say don't go on in the game. And uh, I, I'm a, well patron of Show Raising the Red Card, uh, which would go around schools and Mm. talk to kids about it. And now it's a big, big factor in my life.
0: Mm. And we we talked about Cyril's temperament earlier, but, um, you know, you must have had, and, and yourself as well, very similar, but you must have had incredible strength of character to deal with the racism and bigotry you know, on and off the pitch. I mean, you know, you hear stories of bananas being thrown on the pitch, that sort of stuff, and the sort of language that was used back then. I mean, it's incredible how how Cyril and yourself dealt with that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, maybe it helps a bit that you had another black player in the team. Mm. Uh, So, when you had another black player in the team, there's two of you, so you... it tends to say if someone said something say we could laugh at them and speak a little bit of patois and they would know what you're speaking about I suppose and mm. so that helped a little bit because they've talked you, obviously we talked about it in more ways than one and then you associate with each other uh, and other players have respect for you mm. in, in that way so it, it would have massive massive help that I had still, uh, alongside me in the team and then Lord McGrath mm-hmm. in the team so it built up a, a, a formidable 3 and why we carried ourselves I think we brought respect with us said to deal with it so if we did get a little bit of stick in the crowd and maybe one of us was upset one of us could talk to him and say listen don't worry about it he's, mm-hmm. he's probably upset because he's jealous about this Always upset about that because you're beating him, mm. or you've got the legs of him, so he's trying to upset you. So, we, we could use little uh, uh, things that we bounced off each other and help each other in, in, in that, the fight against racism and and, and how we, we dealt with it, like you say, with bananas being chucked on the pitch. We, you know, remember, Newcastle will. Pretended to to eat them, and because we pretended to eat them, <laughs> the, the fans went worse. They got a little wild, you know. So um, things like that. You you over the years, you you, you learn how to handle it, yeah. and you have to handle it because mm. if we didn't, it would just go on. Mm. They would probably get worse, mm. and and uh, so you had to handle it in such a way that if it was too severe, you had to nip it in the bud. Mm or you'll end up probably fighting your own teammates and fighting everybody who said something.
0: Mm. I mean, do you remember him getting that England call up and uh, receiving the uh, a, a particularly nasty letter in the post?
1: Yeah, he told me about that uh, when he got it, because uh, we, like you say, we roomed together, so we had plenty of time to talk about mm. things like this and how, how it was going on and told me about receiving the, the bullet, but that would have stopped him. Mm. That was that would probably have made him more determined to play, because he, he he was like that. Yeah, that would have stopped him. And he was the, the, it was basically a threat, wasn't it? It was. A... Yeah. If you if you you know if you play or set foot on that pitch, you know, virtually I'm going to shoot you sort of thing. Mm. Uh, but that would have made him more determined because he, he knew he was being a pioneer. he He's ste- stepping out for other players, uh, for other black players. In, in the only way, and the only way we could do it was carry on. Mm. Yeah, I mean,
0: uh, what sort of racism did you endure in, your, in the early days at Man City? And, and I, I think you had quite supportive managers at the time as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah very, which is really encouraging to hear. Actually. Yeah,
1: I had supportive managers like uh, at Man City. I had Tony Book and, and Malcolm Allison, and then I had, they had um, John Bond, uh, and they looked out for me with the racism. It's very difficult, obviously, with your social life. Uh, being born up uh, uh, part of a West Indian family, uh, it was difficult in the area where I lived, near North Side. So there was a lot of racism, but I went to a good school, I had a good grounding, and uh, I dealt with it probably the best possible way I could, really, in more ways than one, because you was getting it from all kinds of ways, and sometimes I wonder why they were calling it me, because I didn't know i hadn't done anything wrong mm. to them. To think why they were calling it me. Mm. And um, did you ever suffer racism from your own teammate? Teammate, you suffered it and you heard it, but uh, uh, sometimes you, you you turn a blind eye to it because sometimes they would say it was banter. Uh, and if you did suffer it from your teammate, you, it's up to you to uh, how you handle it in the sense that you had to nip it in the bud. Mm uh, um, uh and go about it in a way that make them feel small it went on mm. you know uh, so you you we knew how to say i knew how to answer them and uh you knew how to how to express yourself a mm. little bit better mm.
0: and you were telling me earlier about the incidents um, when you, you were at this uh Posh Hotel, which had a nightclub on the side, and you, you tried to get it after a big match. I think it was a local derby, wasn't it? The Manchester Yeah, derby? it was a,
1: it was, a, it was like a, playing a derby for Man City versus Man United, and uh, uh, we we're going to a club called uh, the Britannia, uh, and it had a, a disco. Uh, but at the time, uh, we used to get in a lot of clubs then, so I didn't think anything of it. So um, just so happens as I'm going to the club, I pass two United players. Jimmy Nicholas, Sammy McElroy, and uh, I've asked them what the, what's it like in the club, and they tell me it's alright, not too bad. And I'm going in with my fellow uh, player, a guy called Nicky Reed. and we look very smart, shirt and tie. And as I've gone to go in, they won't let me in. Uh, they let Nicky in, but they won't let me in. And uh, I heard about little rumours about they won't let black guys in the club, but I didn't think it would ever happen to me. So there was just so happens there was people there. Uh, witness the the, uh, the event and uh, took my case up and uh, took the club to court or Adam uh, to, to do about it uh, which they used my case and uh, it was so ironic uh, years later my um, fellow uh, player called a black guy, goalkeeper called Alex Williams got married at the same event <laughs> and we um, Clive, Clive Wilson, about four or five of us, decided let, let's go in the club by this time. And me being cocky, come on, we'll go in the club because I knew uh, they'd been done about it. Mm. And so um, they had to let us in the club. Some of the people who was on the on the reception weren't too happy about it. But uh, mm. it just, shows, just goes to show we had to be um, face that problem in a little bit of a... a, a tongue-in-cheek, but that's what we had to do, stand mm. up for ourselves and uh, not let it get to you. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the first day you met, Cyril?
0: Was that at Coventry or did you meet him before that?
1: Well, I played against him, being at West Brom mm. for Man City. So I knew of him, and then when he came to Coventry, uh, did I meet him the day so I'm Not quite sure I met him the day but obviously I would have met him in the training session. To follow would have been next day or the day after.
0: Mm. Must have been quite exciting for, for what for you and,
1: and and for Cyril, I guess. Yeah, it was very exciting because to come to us because he was a big player at the time, and to think that to, to come to Coventry, um, because when I signed for Coventry, we had uh, what I thought a very young team with the likes of Gary Thompson and uh, English Aitley, um young players and they're all left at the same time so uh, it was a little bit of a turnaround so mm. all of a sudden and then we were moving the right way and to seal to pick commentary was a massive boost mm.
0: and did you click on the pitch straight away?
1: yeah it clicked on the pitch straight away in the sense that um, we, we got to we went out together spoke together uh, we spoke a little bit of patois together and uh, it clicked on the pitch in the sense that we did a lot of things together. Uh, and we were still finding our feet because we were still fight, fighting for uh, relegation at the time in 1984. Um, so we had to win the last game and the, the last couple of games then. But then the following year we had to do the same again. And then John Silly come in and he's been looking after the youth team and watched how we're playing and asked um which is the best way to get. The best way to get the best out of Sill I and mean, all he wanted to do was ask Sill just to stay down the middle and do all his running in between the eighteen yard box. And uh, little old me decided I got the job of doing all his running. <laughs> <laughs> because
0: I mean as a player, I mean his hold up play was incredible, he was so strong. I mean take it in the ball into feet or on his chest and pass out again. That was just incredible,
1: wasn't it? Doing oh, yeah, it was, you knew it was going to stick. Mm. And as a, you when you play up there, it gives you a chance uh, of uh, your defence to get out. So it was massive. And uh, at the time when he was playing, I was playing on the wing at the time. Uh, you knew he would he, get it and spread it out to me because it was very difficult to knock him off the ball, being a big lad. And he'll hold it uh, and, and stick his head in and flick-ons and things like that. So um, he, he was... An immense player in, in the sense that uh, uh, what he did and what he could do for the for the team uh, it was immense. And so I've always wanted to play centre forward. I've always that's my first impression was to play centre forward. So when I got the opportunity to play up, for, up front with him was uh, was um, you know a dream come true to be honest. For both of us because we were best of friends and mm. I remember. Like I think he's still got the record now for scoring the most goals in a match at, for Coventry City. We beat um, Chester 8-2 and still got five. And I have tongue-in-cheek with him about it. He says, uh, you might have got five but I got mad in the match. And he turns <laughs> he turns around to me and says, yeah, but I've got the match more. <laughs> <laughs> but it just
0: sort of clicked together
1: that day as well. Uh, yeah, no, that's was really it good. Day. So, uh, uh, so he that's that's what we were like yeah. to each other.
0: Yeah, and he played such a. I mean, he was he was crucial, wasn't he, in that era, at Coventry in the eighties? And um, how big a part was he? Did he play in in the FA Cup run and, and the, obviously the final?
1: Well, he, I think one of the one of the great goals is when we played Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, um, down at Sheffield Wednesday, when Sheffield Wednesday was flying. Mm and uh, we were doing well in the, in the league and I think we played Sheffield earlier on in the season and, and done well there uh, but we had to go there um, at, at the quarter final of the cup and Sheffield was our hostile place to go and I think uh, Silver scored the first goal and the move for that goal just shook to, to how we were playing at the time and confidence and confidence with what Seal was doing and from then on we we, we the bond we had was unbelievable. And then the next game, we played the semi final against Leeds. And um, you can imagine we went out against Leeds, and uh, Seals has gone out six foot four, as you do, chest proud and everything. And he was marking Rennie, and Rennie scored the first goal. <laughs> so you weren't too happy about that. And then later on in the game, out the first half, when Seals had like three one on ones. Uh, and he's missed him. and uh, we've come in at half-time, and Sil's gone, all right, everybody sit down, get settled down and everything, and Sil's come in, and he's sat down, and he's sat down in the corner, and he's, like, gone, and he said uh, to the lads, sorry, lads, he looked like two foot two, you know, He's mm. just shrunk, he was so, that was the measure of the man, he was so upset of letting anybody down. Yeah. He was so destroyed, and we got because the, the bomb we had. We got round us, don't worry about it, so don't worry, man. It's all right, don't worry, we'll be fine. And we got round him and you know, getting him in front, and then, then you hear a little voice in the corner, Bob McGrath started singing, Here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> I don't know what Sheffield uh, Leads were thinking because they were winning 1 0. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, we started singing here we go, here we go, which Justin invited everybody and got everybody involved. Mm-hmm. The whole thing and Cyril started singing and everybody got involved and we went out in the second half and, uh, you know, a little bit of that rubbed off on everybody uh, and and uh, the rest is history, you know. I, I go and cut the ball back, you know, fighting for ball, lost cause and, and you see Cyril so hug you up there, it's a hug of... Uh, uh, relief and I think a little bit of uh, gratitude but mm. a, a hug of saying thank you Yeah, you know you you've, you boys have done something for me and helped yeah. me and, and, and gave him great belief uh, but that's what we were like yeah. and uh, yeah. and uh, we we talk about we take, to this day we talk about it and I uh, rub him up about it when I see him listen what are you doing I'm missing all these and he says hey hey and uh, we have this uh, uh, little joke now. Like I used to have to do your running for you, and he used to call me the up carrier. <laughs> That's what I was supposed to do.
0: <laughs> and did you know this fact? And um, so, any I didn't know this. It emerged this week that apparently Johan Cruyff tried to sign him uh, when he was manager at Ajax as Marco van Basten's replacement um, back in 1988 when you'd obviously been
1: still win at Contra, wouldn't you? I mean, did, were you aware of that? No, I wasn't aware of that. Uh, I don't know if it had have gone, but uh, uh, it was a great honour for them to be thinking of um, mm. uh, going out there at that time. But it would have been a difficult uh, event for them because obviously they just won the FA Cup with Contra City mm. and we were um, the team that was on the up. Yeah, uh, We were playing well, so I think... If he did know about it, it was a it was a great honour for him. But I'm surprised that they've gone for him before they've gone for (laughs) me.
0: Now you mentioned the um, the special bond that the the lads from '87 um, had at the time, and and that's lasted you know the the last thirty years, isn't it? And it's it's still going strong today. Um, And I know that you would. You are meeting up this Sunday, and obviously you were due to meet up with Cyril as well, weren't you? This Sunday coming, sadly that's not going to happen. But the boys are still going to meet up, and so what's that going to be like? That's that's going to be quite an emotional reunion, really, isn't it? Yeah, day?
1: it's going to be well, uh, emotional, uh, funny, uh, and a good a good time. Mm. it's going to be a good time we're going to celebrate it's good time mm. we're going to have a laugh we're going to say how silver it is and whatever Like uh, 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 that's what it's going to be like uh, that's, we, that's what I want it to be like to be honest mm. Uh, mm. to remember the good times because that's how civil is, and he wouldn't want that he, he would want us to to uh, be laughing about him taking the, uh, the mickey about him and, and, and also paying him the respect right. that he deserves and and, and hopefully he's going to get all his accolades which he deserves because he was a a magnificent man uh, a great gentleman and a massive, massive friend to me he was like a big brother to me we spoke about everything so Sunday is going to be a celebration uh, uh, of what he did what he achieved and uh, uh, and we're going to have a good drink to him Uh, thanks Dave thank you